0: Thank you for coming out. Thank you for
1: coming out. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming
0: out. Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming-out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And these episodes are a little bit different because we're recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while physically distancing, which means we are not in our in our normal studio and we're using Zoom audio, so the quality might be a little bit different than what you're used to, but we are all doing the best we can with what we have. And I am so excited about our guest with us here today. Sophie Santos, she, her pronouns, is a comedian and writer based in Brooklyn. Her upcoming memoir, The One You Want to Marry and Other Identities I've Had, will be published by Amazon and Trend and Transparent's Joey Soloway's Topple Books in October 2021. She's written for TV shows on Bravo and MTV and currently hosts the comedy show, The Lesbian Agenda. Follow her on social media at Sophie Santos for lesbian propaganda. (laughs) Sophie, welcome.
1: Hi. Wow. Thank you for that intro. I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. How are you? How are you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing really good. Yeah. I mean, all things considering, um, I... I've actually been really into the snow. Um, I'm sure you have listeners from all over, but in New York, we've had basically two blizzards now at this point, which is the most I think we've had in a couple of years. Um, And actually, this time last year, I was in LA. So uh, I'm really excited about the snow because I love the cold. So Mm. yeah, I'm feeling great. I know not everyone probably is feeling (laughs) like this, but this is is good. This is a good, I, I love it. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, yeah, I feel like the people I've been interviewing, um, I think actually so far are mostly New York. Now that I, I'm blanking for some reason, but um, no one has been as excited about the snow as you. So wow. you have well, that I going love- for you.
1: <laughs> good, good. I'm, gonna, I'm glad I'm, I'm the first. I feel very excited uh, about that. Um, yeah.
0: Um, but thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. Um, before I, before I have you share one of your coming out stories, can I
1: ask, it looks like you're in a closet. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God. Um, metaphorically I'm not anymore. Uh, if you would have asked me even probably seven years ago, I still would have been, but, um, yeah, no, it's so funny. Um, every time I get on zoom, that's actually, I was just on zoom with, a with a rheumatologist or I think that's how you say it, a bone mm, doctor, so. um, nothing life threatening, but just, <laughs> just trying to check up on some things. But um, she was like, yeah, are you in a closet right now? And I was like, <laughs> no, no, this is um, this, so this is actually my office. Um, we have like a little nook, my girlfriend and I have a true one bedroom, um, mm. but we uh, have this little nook that is now a a, a my office, but, um, I, before the pandemic, I was doing characters. So these are actually costumes. Well, I'm pointing, I'm actually pointing to things and I'm just realizing no one can actually see me pointing, (laughs) but. um,
0: Well, I'm privy to it, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it's just, uh, there's a lot of knickknacks and, uh, and costumes for the viewers uh, listening or the uh, listeners listening.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, great. Well, I was going to say, you know, (laughs) I was going to invite you out of the closet. (laughs) You are already out. Um, both realistically and also you're not in an actual closet. So that's great. Yes, Um great. I was watching an Instagram video yesterday of Abby Wambach who is married to Glennon Doyle and apparently Glennon's writing room is in a closet. And so I was like oh, wanting to like, Abby like showed going into the like big office into the like the nook closet office. And I just thought it was,
1: you know. Full circle,
0: we're full circle over here. Full circle and you know- it's grasping at things that bring us joy these days (laughs) exactly
1: and I'm sure you weren't expecting me to run on with that for as long as I did but I appreciate you being a good (laughs) sport
0: no it was great it's perfect (laughs) just the right amount of time um okay so we all have multiple coming out stories and so Mm -hmm. we invite you uh to share one of yours with us
1: yeah um So my coming out was a long time coming and well, we can talk about that more in detail, I guess, when we talk about the book, but this specifically was like the moment that I realized that I was gay. Um, And I was actually at this, uh, I was at the place where I feel like all queer people are when they realize their sexuality, which is an all women's college in the Northeast. Mm. Um, (laughs) And so (laughs) I was at, I was at Wellesley. And the thing is, is like, I didn't even go to Wellesley. Mm. I, um, I was just, I was teaching at this summer program, which essentially was a camp. It was just a camp. Um, but they really wanted, uh, to make it seem like, uh, they wanted it to be, uh, you know, more intense than it was. Um, so we had to call it a summer program and I was teaching eighth and ninth graders commercial marketing and advertising. Now that all sounds insane. Um, <laughs> and if it's because it was, um, I actually majored in, I had like six different majors growing up. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, it took me a long time to figure a lot of things out. Um, But uh, I was not majoring in education. I was also not majoring in commercial marketing and advertising. And I have no idea why I was there. But (laughs) I found myself lost in the woods, literally over in uh, at Wellesley's campus. And um, I just remember there was this new staff member meeting. And there was this queer person that just caught my eye. And the moment they started talking, my stomach dropped and it dropped in a way that it hadn't uh, since I was going through puberty as like a teenager. Um, and at this point, like exclusively, I was hooking up with, with straight guys. I was, I had, had been at the University of Alabama. I was a sorority girl at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide!
0: Um, Oh wow, I'm a Buckeye, but we'll talk. (laughs) Oh no, I'm actually wearing
1: I'm actually wearing my Alabama sweatshirt. Oh Um, gosh! Oh no, hang up.
0: Yeah. Bye. (laughs)
1: Wow. Okay. Well. Yeah. I know that was a really tough game. I do feel bad. Um. But uh, (laughs) we'll do a sports (laughs) podcast later. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. I was. I, I just left the University of Alabama. Um. And. Uh, So all to say is like, I had no idea that I was gay and um, we just, I I became really close to this person, really close. And I just thought, you know, oh my God, I love my new friend. (laughs) I just really love this friend. Um, I can't explain why, but I just always want to be next to them and I always want to hang out with them. And they, uh, they, they were out. Um, but I was kind of just pushing that away. I was like, Oh, no, we're just friends. Right. Um, and then if, well, if you cut to intercession, which is literally the time that we're changing um, sessions. So we have two sessions at the at the camp. Um, and it's just like a night for all of the staff members to just have a really fun time. And, you know, I don't know how explicit we can be
0: as, but... as explicit as you'd like.
1: Okay. In get, our comfortable Get, get wasted you know we're all we're all partying you know we've been we dealing with middle schoolers for three four weeks and we just both of us just got you know drunk and next thing you know we stumbled into a gravel parking lot and started hooking up and uh fully fully doing the deed and uh within like 10 seconds I like shot up and screamed in their face I'm not gay Ooh. which is not which is the last thing you should say, especially when you are going down on somebody. Um, and I fully, I fully own that. Um, and they were just so nice and kept saying, okay, it's okay, Sophie, you know, it's okay. Let me get the gravel that's in your knee. Like, let me just like (laughs) wipe the gravel off your knees, um, and help you up. Um, and I like ran away. Like I literally ran away. Um, and then the rest of the summer we were just going back and forth. It was like a cat and mouse game. Um, we did continue to hook up, but I mean, I was awful. Every time we would have sex, I would just say, I'm not gay. And they were like, Okay, I know. I know you're not gay. I'll see you tomorrow. Same <laughs> <laughs> yeah. same place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's exclusively the storm room that I keep coming to. Um and honestly, like I wish I could say that as the summer ended we you know I finally got my shit together and we you know went off into the sunset in our Subaru but unfortunately I I really thought at the time it was just a summer thing and I couldn't really figure out like I couldn't wrap my head around it and I was transferring universities and I was starting at a new university so I was like oh my god like new university new me um, that was just a summer thing like cool for the summer Demi Lovato doesn't mean anything and I mean, within like a week, I was at a bar with a p- bunch of friends and truly like the lessiest lesbian walked in, <laughs> um, like replica of Olivia Wilde in The O.C. Do we mm. remember this?
0: Uh, no, I didn't watch. I only watched the first <laughs> season of The O.C. <laughs> well, you
1: only really need to watch. Actually, no, I take it back. You should watch the whole thing because it is sort of like it's it is sort of brilliant in its own way. But um, but there yeah, Marissa has a relationship with this woman who was played by Olivia Wilde, and mm, um, nice. and it was it was amazing, and I like just she literally looked just like her, and my my stomach dropped again, and it was like Dreamweaver was playing, mm. and there was like a spotlight on her, and I was like, oh my god, it's back, it's oh. back, it's here to haunt me, um, and then I had to grapple with it, um, but yeah, I mean that's the first time that I like truly realized that uh, that you know, something was a little bit different, but, um, and then I went on a a very long journey to acceptance.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that, all of those details with us. Um, and I definitely want to, um, like tap into that journey, but we'll get, we'll get there. Um, the journey to acceptance. Um, yeah, but I want to kind of ask some questions about the story that you just shared. Um, well, actually, my most pressing question is what did your major end up being? Yeah. Theater. <laughs> okay, that checks out. Great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ended up, I finally majored in uh, theater uh, and got my BFA. Uh, I, we used to say we got our bad fucking actor degree. Mm. So I don't know if it's still, I don't think it still works. I don't think it's actually funny now, but at the time I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm a <laughs> bad fucking actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: nice i've actually never heard that um but i don't know a lot of things so
1: (laughs) i'll trademark it then
0: yeah you should um so i can really relate to this idea of like the stomach your stomach dropping and like it kind of being um a clue for you um i because i just i remember growing up like it's interesting. It's so interesting to hear from so many different people of like, because you said you had no idea you were gay. And like, for me, I've known since forever. Like, that's it's just something that I held on to since 10 months and um, yeah. always was just like, I want to like be near this person, just like exactly how you described it. Um, but I wonder, too, if like with the gift of hindsight, were there moments before the stomach dropping moment that you were like oh that checks out I'm super gay
1: um oh yeah totally I mean and actually um this isn't me trying to be like let's talk about my book um because I'm I don't want to be that person but and actually that's what what the book is about um is me you know it's it's this coming of age of me like as essentially a late bloomer um and it taking the longest journey possible to realize that I'm a lesbian um and but like tracking the signs throughout the throughout the entire time um i mean i mean i was when i was a kid from the ages of like seven to 12 i exclusively wore birkenstocks cargo shorts button-up hawaiian shirts i uh parted my hair down the middle like a butt crack um <laughs> and i i uh I, I rocked that for a really long time and was very confident um so much so that i played tackle football mm. like was the only girl in the league. Uh, and uh, so now you know where my football obsession comes from. Yeah. Um, roll Tide. But, uh, <laughs>
0: uh, okay. <laughs> no, you no, get, I'm sorry. You get one. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's no, okay, it's um, fine.
1: Um, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, actually, um, I'm also a Chiefs fan because I military kid, so I actually grew up half of my life in Kansas City half of my life in Alabama mm. and so the Chiefs just lost last night so I'm actually really upset about that so that kind of I think levels
0: does it that levels level it out sure okay. um <laughs> and like full disclosure I also don't actually care about football at all I just like I just like the for me it feels pretend rivalries with Ohio State and any other school but I'm sorry that your team lost <laughs> but also go Bucks.
1: <laughs> oh wow okay all right that's fair <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, so, but it wasn't even about the wardrobe. Um, I was really close to like one female friend, um, exclusively. Um, uh, we my, like I said, my dad was in the military, so we traveled a lot, uh, well, we moved around a lot. Um, and I went to like a school every, a different school every year. And so every time we would go to a new school, I would meet another female friend and have like sort of an unhealthy obsession with her Mm. um and and in the book I have like love letters to them um as sort of odes to these friendships um and when I did come out to my dad which was him just basically asking one day when I was at that new university at the University of Southern Mississippi um if I had a boyfriend over dinner uh, and I said, no. And he said, do you have a girlfriend? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you always had good female friendships. Hmm. It just really kind of struck a chord. And that was, it was in that moment where I was kind of like on this, like, you know, the tunnel in Willy Wonka,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, what I'm talking about where like yeah. all the swirly colors and I was just like seeing faces of all of these friends that I had over the years mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, you know, it's been there the whole time. Um, and I all understand, though, like, the unhealthy obsession part, like, that stems from me having OCD. Like, I also was, um, you know, diagnosed with OCD and anxiety and depression. And, and um, but as far as, like, really um, not understanding why I wanted to be so close to these friends and wanting to hang out with him 24-7 and and writing basically what are love letters to them at the time, um, which I just thought were just notes, <laughs> you know, mm. like notes to my friends. Um, you know, those are things that I, I, I had to come to terms with and I did. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely, when I look back, I start, I, I definitely see the signs.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll, first of all, you should always be the person that talks about your book. Cause that's like such a huge <laughs> accomplishment and amazing. Um, And I, I absolutely want to come back to all of that. Um, But I want to, I want to go back to um, what you were saying. I, I also was, was diagnosed with OCD and that definitely played a role in unhealthy obsessions with people in my life and like wanting to just be close to them and like really um, like needing that connection and and wanting to be close to to these people um for me they tended to be older like more like teacher age um and some my age but I've never ever told anyone all of the, any of that so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna disclose any of that now but that's, well I
1: definitely so oh, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you oh no that's okay go ahead I would just say, yeah, no, I definitely had a couple of teachers and definitely they have their moment in the books too. So I highly relate. I had my own Miss Honey moment um, oh, from Honey. Matilda. Yeah. Heck second yeah. grade. Miss Naram. Oh yeah. I'm Ooh. cool to talk about it. I'll talk about it for you. I'll talk about it for both of us. How about that?
0: That feels good. That feels really good. <laughs> um, so I, I watched um the video that you made. It's a comedy video about the sorority like oh, yeah. all the like do's and don'ts, so people don't think you're gay. Um, and you <laughs> and you mentioned that you were in a sorority, and I wonder if like did you write that from a place of truth of like feeling anxious and scared that people would find out about you in your sorority, so you like changed how you how you showed up in those spaces.
1: Um, you know what is interesting because I was so unaware of my sexuality at the time, which it seems. To like, if you're, you're, I'm sure people listening, or just, you know, when I just talk about it to friends, they're like, oh, come on, Sophie, like, you knew, you knew. And I said, I really didn't. And that's because I was such a late bloomer in so many aspects. I mean, I, I believed in Santa Claus till I was 13 years old. And I, uh, it's the first thing I say in the book. (laughs) And I, again, you know I I'm proud of it you know now I'm proud of it but like there are just like a lot of things that I I was kind of I was like I guess stunted is the right word uh for whatever reason it was probably because we were moving around so much that I wasn't able to like firmly plant my feet I never really knew what was going on so I just kind of had to latch on a to friends a to whatever personality I could I could you know be in that moment to fit in um and so when i was alabama it was more of me just trying to fit in and at that point in my life i was 18 i think at this point i had been don't quote me on this but like i think like 12 different schools like 12 different from pre-k all the way up until you know till college and i was just tired of trying to fit in and if i was in a sorority it was like this is the playbook. These are the rules. This is what you have to do. And you're going to have 300 best friends. Cause at Alabama, it's like, it's like fraternity Mecca. The Greek system is the only way to survive. Mm. And so it was really more just trying to like assimilate into that culture, which it is its own culture um, for better, for worse, which we can talk about. But um, so I was really just trying to like fit into what it meant to be a Southern bell So Hmm. it wasn't like suppressing the gayness, it was how do I be the most Southern male possible? And for me, and in the sorority that I was in, which is where the title comes from, um, the joke, the running joke in our sorority was, we are the ones that you wanna marry. Hmm. And everyone strived to be like, uh, to be engaged by the end of their senior year. And it was like, even if it wasn't forced, like they didn't say you had to be, if you know everyone around us was getting married so I I sought that and I was like okay well you know I'm also just someone who has like I will say you know a a crazy amount of drive um you know I'm I I fully admit that I have an ego at times and I say that a lot in the book and so I was like well I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the best damn wife there is you know (laughs) (laughs) and I was like out there trying to find you know a gentleman caller a husband um and so, you know, this is all just to say is like, that's what I was focused on. So, you know, so at the time, no, I was not, you know, it didn't come out of a place of suppressing it. Um, but then of course, now that I'm out, I, I just see all the ways that I suppressed it. I see why, you know, I act in certain ways. And then this is fun for me because I'm like, oh my God, you know, now I'm free, I'm out. I can, you know, I'm able to really like look at things with a different lens. And now I can like have fun with my comedy about it. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's really kind of, I know it was such like a long way to explain it, but um, it's just, it was, there's so many layers to it. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really helpful though. Um, I I rushed a sorority my freshman year of college um, and I actually suicided it, which means a terrible name, but it means like, at least how it worked at Ohio state was you ranked your top three that you wanted. And then the sororities ranked who they wanted. And then if you matched, then you were I don't even know. Placed into a house, I don't know. There's, I know there's a better word for it. Yeah, Maybe. no,
1: that's how it was in Alabama. You were, yeah, if you were matched, then you were, you got into that sorority, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what I did, so why it's called suicided, was I only put one. So I didn't give mm-hmm. myself any kind of chance except for this one, because my friend also put this one. And, um, God, this friend. Let me tell you about her in a second. But so, <laughs> yes, I, so you know, know, we like went through rush together. And she got, she got picked and I didn't. And I was, I was like, it's because, and I wasn't out yet, but I was like, they, they had to like, no, like, why would my friend get in? And I didn't. And I just was like, so hurt. And I, I had her do some digging once she was in. And she said it was because at one time at a rush event that I said, I had to take a piss, which first of all, yeah, I'm human. And so if I had to take a piss then what's the problem with that? Number two, I don't, I don't have never in my life, except in telling the story, have ever said, I need to take a piss. That's just not (laughs) even part of how I speak. If like, if anything, I'd say like, I have to tinkle, I have to pish, but like, I don't say piss. And so, I don't know, it just was so stupid. And so, you know, I left, you know, I was so bitter about it and ultimately it was for the best that I wasn't part of that sorority. Um, And it turns, and so the same friend, um used to make fun of me so much for being gay and like but also like watch the OC and would like talk to me about it and uh like even past when I watched it and like watch the L word, but like would still like make so much fun of me. And I was like, oh she's like just being really nice. Meaning like, you know, like how friends like
1: Yeah. Like, you know, jab tease at each other. other. Yeah. Yeah and rib at each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But she was like really going hard with being yeah. shitty. Um, Looking back in in the moment, I didn't mind. But looking back, I was like, dang, she was really mean. Turns out she was also gay. And, you know, so I find that I have a little bit more forgiveness in that because I think she was struggling. I don't know. But anyways, I digress.
1: No, I mean, that's so tough. And I just think it's so funny that you were like, you said pish? Did you say I pish? I've never heard that in my life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like pishy pish.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, also don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't I don't know. I guess it must be something that my family says like.
1: Oh, well, I'm taking it. Yeah, please. Um, Yeah. uh, You can take what was it before I said I want to trademark. Oh, no, I don't even know what I'm trademarking. Oh, bad fucking actor. There you go. Yeah. And then you, then, but you trademarked Pish, Pishy Pish and Pish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use that later um, in my house and see how, how that goes down. Um, Great. But no, I totally, I feel you on that. Like, yeah, it sucks. It totally sucks. And I'm really sorry that she, she treated you that way. I'm also sorry that you did the suicide thing because yeah, that's how it was at Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. you pick one, if you don't get it, that's it. And like, um, I, you know, but I also give you props for just like going you know full throttle um Thanks. and yeah it is it is weird how things work out we were like actually it, you know it, it really hurt in that moment but I'm so excited or not excited but looking back it's like it was the best thing that could have happened to me yeah. um and you know it just sucks It it just sucks because I've been on both sides of that coin where I've been the person where I've had you know girls you know sleep with me and then say please don't tell anyone ever because I'm not gay and I've also been the person that did it, right? And yeah. um, you know, uh it I think as queer people, we kind of I think we do have to have it it's good for us and I think our souls to forgive a little bit. I mean obviously it's it's case by case depending. Yeah. But um but it's such a tough thing. And again, this is coming from someone who has been really shitty. Uh, you know, and a lot that I just now I'm like, you know, I, I just I've been there and it's not right. And hopefully they come around and hopefully they change. Uh, and if they do, great. And, but if they don't, then that's a different story. Right. You know, now you're speaking and they're still really shitty. It's like, well, OK, well, then they're just an asshole. But yeah. um, but I, you know, but yeah, I've been there and it, and, it, and it blows both ways. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think about that, too, of like, I've had, I've had situations, uh, like hookup situations, um, more so like people wanting to know what it's like to sleep with a trans person. And it's like really mm. like fetishized. And I don't, I guess I don't really know that it's happening in the moment. Um, and then I realized later, like, Oh, that's what was happening. <laughs> and like, Oh my God. It sucks. Yeah, sorry it about sucks. that. Thanks. And it's, you know, I think, you know, I feel like, I would be way more open if someone were to have like an honest conversation with me, uh, you know, saying I've never been intimate with a trans person before. And like, I really like you. And like, let's have a conversation about what that is versus like feeling used (laughs) and, you know. Yeah. um, Yeah. And so I think, I don't know, it's, it all feels complicated. And, but yeah, I also have been exactly what you said. Like the person who's like, I'm not. I I just as you said that it reminded me of college I wasn't out until my sophomore year and my freshman year I used to like lie to my friends and leave parties to go hook up with girls and like what a shitty shit (laughs) but like, I was so scared to like tell anybody what I was up to that I was like I'd rather lie and be a shit than tell anybody what was happening and it's just like so got to find that self compassion for like those for ourselves and for the people who are in that, in that moment as well.
1: Yeah. And it's also just like, you know, when you're young, you know, you're just, you're dumb and you're like, you're, you're thinking about yourself. You're being selfish. Fortunately for me, I was selfish probably up until like, you know, three, four years ago. So, you know, it took me, it took me a long time to figure things out, but, um, But yeah, I mean, it's also it's just there's so many reasons. And I think even if you're like, like you said, well, I knew from the time that I was 10 months old, but it's still like knowing that you're you're in a heteronormative world. Yeah. Right. And you're having to figure out your day to day. So even if you know, and even let's let's say, no, I don't know your experience, but maybe even if you had the most supportive parents, it's still really hard because you feel different. And up until now I think with Gen Z um which it's not perfect but they're getting I think their generation because I'm I'm a millennial so like um I think their generation is is the first generation that it's it's actually more just you know it's kind of like the weather right whatever you are it's cool and it's it's like it's also just like cool to be queer (laughs) like now we've got like king princess (laughs) and like yeah yeah it's like finally and then also like You're like, okay, great. You're like, wait a minute. Why wasn't it cool then? You know, but it's it's just a new generation that gets to have that. But even then, you know, it's still hard because we're going to be in a heteronormative society, unfortunately, for a very long time. And I even think a couple generations from now, that's just how it's going to be. So it will get better and better. Um, Yeah. But um, but yeah, it is definitely it's it can be taxing. So uh, you know, that makes sense why why you acted that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like the person, um, who initiated your first stomach drop was like very kind and very understanding. Um, are you still in touch with
1: that person? I am. I am. Um, yeah, actually. So I've been, we've been in touch, um, on and off since it happened and with different milestones, Hmm. um, more so on my end, um, than theirs. Um, but you know like when i first started when i had like my first like hookup post uh and their name's Gabe post Gabe i uh i told them and they were like hell yeah <laughs> they were like welcome <laughs> welcome i turned you yeah. gay you know they <laughs> yeah. always say that and then like when i had my first girlfriend i would like text them um And then they like came to New York one time. This was like, oh my God, maybe seven years ago. And we, maybe five, I don't even know time. What is time anymore? But we saw each other and it was just so crazy. And I remember like sitting them down. I think this was five years ago. And I was like, why are are you so kind to me still? Mm. And this was after I had apologized. Like this is after I had been like, I'm so sorry. Like I was really like doing the work, going to therapy, really trying to figure out why I was a shit. Mm. And they were like, cause you know what? so i was also just as confused as you you just didn't know it and couldn't see it because i was you know helping you out but it was also kind of helping me in the same way and you know i was also not sure what was going on and then so then we've kept in touch and then of course the book happened obviously this is like uh this is the, the the second turning point and the last turning point in the book um Cause I have, my book is in three different phases Um, and this is the phase. It's not the phase. Um, So uh, it's not really that funny right now, but (laughs) but, uh, hopefully queer people will appreciate that. Um, And I had reached out because I said, you know, you were, I really, really want to show you the chapter. Um, which I haven't done to, I haven't reached out to everyone, you know, uh, I haven't shown everyone, everyone chapters that I've talked about. And actually they're really only one of the only people Mm. besides my parents that I've shared stuff with and they were really wanted to read it and were so excited about it. But then in that process, I found out that, um, they recently came out as trans Mm. and, um, are also using they, them pronouns and we literally like last week we had a long phone call about our queerness and they were talking about their journey and like I was like it's just so crazy like we were both talking about things I was like it's so crazy like you know you made me gay and now I'm the host of the lesbian agenda remember when I was literally screaming over my shoulder I'm not gay after I had just come down on you in a gravel parking lot (laughs) and they were like yes um you know and I also went on this whole beautiful journey of you know being you know poly and you know and realizing I'm also you know I'm also trans, we both went through fuck boy phases, like mm. at the exact same time. And so just to kind of be where we are now and knowing uh, that we, you know, they were the catalyst for my queerness. And I'm not gonna ever say I was a catalyst for theirs cause I don't think I was, but like, but knowing that we've like had this kind of really amazing growth at the same time and are still able to come together and be friends uh, is amazing. And so, yeah, and so they have like a whole, they have a whole shout out. Um, about how, uh, they are the ones that made me gay. And I say that, you know, that's like one of the last lines in their chapter. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's pretty beautiful, you know, to tell you the truth.
0: Yeah. These like parallel journeys of coming into yourselves. Um, is really, really sweet. I can't wait to read it. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about your book. So, um, cause we have been, but like more, more officially. So the one you want to marry and other identities I've had. So walk us through, like, where did you get the idea for the book? How did the book become a thing? Also, did you know, Joey was on my podcast? All the really important (laughs) questions (laughs)
1: um yeah so they'll very no I actually did not know Joey was on your podcast um but now I want to go and listen to it um so I'm definitely gonna go do that um this week um and yeah so I actually got so the book happened because I was doing this was like back in January of 2019 so it's been basically two years and I was doing stand-up at a uh do you know the Yotel uh, you know, have you heard of the hotel in Hell's Kitchen?
0: Yeah, actually, I think I've
1: been there. So they have this—they have this um, performance space called Green Room Forty. Green the Green Room, Green Room Forty Two. It's basically like the—it was supposed to be the new Fifty Four Below. So for like theater geeks, they were just—you know, Fifty Four Below. I think was like going through different management, whatever. I don't know the drama in it, and I'm not going to get involved in that. <laughs> but Green Room Forty Two was supposed to be the new—the new. The new i keep almost wanting to say studio 54 the new 54 below and the show that i was doing oddly enough was not a stand-up show it was called poetry slash cabaret and i just happened to be one of the three stand-ups on it and the rest of the people are literally poets and people in musical theater and then just other random acts So I wasn't really sure like why I was there or how the host got my information. I never met them. They were super, super nice. He's like super great. Shout out to Thomas March. Um, We haven't worked together since, but he's was really, really nice. Um, And, but it was the, it was like the coldest day in New York. That day that it was like so cold that they were like, please don't leave your house. And it was like 10 degrees. I don't know if you remember that or if you were in New York at the time, but anyway, I, the, the point is I, uh, didn't want to leave my apartment and i had told my girlfriend i was like i think i'm gonna cancel on this show uh i almost canceled on this show uh which i i try to say that i don't do often but i just didn't want to go and my girlfriend was like you need to go to this show it's not cool to cancel on shows you know that sophie bundle up walk to the fucking show i don't care where it is and go so i did this show and the um person right before me was uh just amazing poet from Alabama and it turns out that they were also an editor at Amazon and after the show I went up to them and I was just like hey you were so great like I loved your stuff um and they were like yeah same if you ever want to write a book let me know and they handed me their card and at the time I was like this is hilarious because I always think stuff I was like this doesn't happen like this doesn't happen and yeah. I was like okay like, like nice only to meet in the you movies. yeah yeah exactly I <laughs> yeah. Like, nice to meet you and I turned to my girlfriend my girlfriend was like and she's I want to say she's so supportive of everything that I do she listens to my stand-up she listens to me she's read my book already like but she looked at me, and she goes, Sophie, you're not going to write a book. You can't write a book. You've never written a book. And I was like, well, I could try.
0: Challenge and accepted. Jeez. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, well, no one got anywhere if they didn't try.
0: Yeah. You know, doesn't mm-hmm. twirl. <laughs> <They're> right.
1: <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I emailed the editor. and was just like, hey, like, you know, I've never written a book, but I, you know, I, I, I have some fun stories if you, if you're interested in hearing them. And she took me to lunch and that was it. And, you know, not that was it. Like, I had to do a whole thing, you know, and it took probably six months. But I just talked about my... I mean, in my stand-up, I talk about being gay and my queerness, and that's... And they're all... You know, she's also gay, and she's she's a lesbian, and um, I guess she uh, clung to that. So, yeah, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, my God, like, I've always wanted to write a book. Like, I'm a writer. I'm a TV writer. I love writing, um, you know. uh, I'm a performer, but I... I never thought it would be this medium um but after writing it it makes so much sense that it is and and i'm just so you know overjoyed and yeah so they work for um amazon and then amazon has an imprint called topple books which is joey soloway's imprint so for everyone who knows joey soloway was i'm sure everyone knows but um was the creator of transparent amongst many things i love dick which is also one of my favorites yeah i'll hail Catherine hahn Mm. um (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, can we get the book to Catherine Haught? I'm trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know like why it matters, but it's like a personal victory for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, I just I, yeah, started writing it. And then now, finally, it's weird. It's been two years and it's and here we go. And now it's coming out this fall in October. It's, it's very, very weird, but I'm excited to be here.
0: It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, also, did you know Joey was part of the show The Oblongs? Did you ever watch the oblongs, which is like, it was like this, like,
1: I do know the oblongs. I, I, I haven't watched it, but I do know what you're talking about.
0: This is like weird ass cartoon with like Will Ferrell and forget who else.
1: Was Amy Sedaris or am I, am I grasping? Um,
0: I can't remember. I can't say yes or no um because I don't remember I guess I could look it up I'm on a computer we um, could look it up but it's
1: okay we'll just say maybe yeah. and then the, and then people who are big fans of the oblongs will go no <laughs> or they'll yeah go, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah or they'll be <laughs> Not like for mm. us. they'll be like what yeah. the hell are, what the hell is the oblongs <laughs> exactly
1: it's above um, it's above our pay grade right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> right um I, I'm writing a book but I don't have representation but like uh yet I will no, One you day. will Yes, have, you will I have faith um yes you will uh but like reading their book was really inspirational to like keep writing mine um yeah it's really powerful especially parts of just like them them articulating coming into their like non-binary identity like is so affirming to read like someone else talking about about it Um, well I also
1: um oh my god I'm sorry I feel like I keep interrupting you no you're great um I also feel I just think what's really cool about about them is they came out you know later and they talk about that and like you know there's been tons of articles about it but it's just like you know being 50 and you know still going on this journey right and I think like it's just I think it's really inspiring and I think to kind of have this really influential non-binary person you know is, is just it's is just something that I think is going to be so affirming for a lot of people and um, and hopefully by them coming out now it can you know help so many people along the way and I think you know we forget about how powerful that can be just for like a kid you know in Alabama you know
0: yeah. and to be
1: like oh shit you know because like I even look at their journey too and it's just like You know, I think they were married to a man at one point and, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to date men and, but then now I don't. And I'm like, you know, and and even people would say to me, like, well, you slept with guys like, come on. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't know that I didn't want that until I had sex with a girl, you know, like, I didn't know that I, you know, I didn't know that I, that wasn't me anymore. And also I'm allowed to change. I'm allowed to grow. I'm allowed to keep on this journey. And this is where I'm at now, but I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. And I think having that sort of openness is really important. And that's what I think I respect about them so much. Besides just the fact that they're fucking hilarious and then one of the best writers. Um, And I love their TV shows. Again, I love Dick. I think that's like one of the shows that like I don't understand why it didn't get a second season. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. watched it, but I'm like, um, it was just so different.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: that's it. Again, we can do a Katherine Hahn podcast. We have our sports podcast and our Catherine Hahn <laughs> yeah, podcast that we should love do. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then obviously Transparent is like,
1: oh, well, yeah, so yeah. the bread and like, butter
0: iconic, um, especially as a Jewish trans person, like being part of that world was so important and getting even my family to watch it and have like the same it's like the same currency the same understanding of like oh this is a this is a Jewish family I like know I get the words I get the like ways that you know like the, the traditions and the ways that we interact it's just like so so important um
1: what did uh, how did your family um how'd they react to the show were they are they were they you know do they like it or if you want to talk about it, I don't want to No, that
0: that's great. No, of course I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking away like general rememberings. I, I truly don't remember specifics and I wonder if everyone's watched it and finished it. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I know yeah. like at least the first season people watched. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they continued, which is part of like, they probably should have, Um so yeah, even outside of my family, for other families too. Um, well, I think
1: a good hook. I think a good hook, regardless of like what your relationship was, what people's relationships are with their families, is like Judith Light. And you say Judith yes. Light, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll watch that." I don't know what it is about, like probably our parents' generation or even a generation before, but everyone stands Judith Light. I mean, I do too. But yeah, you just you just say Judith Light, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then you got me." Yep. So I made a
0: joke. <laughs> I I um. <laughs> I'm so proud of this one joke I made this one time. Um, I I interviewed Shakina, who... Do you know Shakina? Um, mm-hmm. She was in the musical finale of Transparent, and she was uh, one of the writers on it. She's um, an incredible actor, um, musician, trans woman. Um, and we, so we started talking... So I'm interviewing her, and, and this was our first ever, like podcast interview in front of a live audience at caveat which i don't think exists anymore unfortunately because of the pandemic Uh, but um anyways we'd bring up judith light and i turned to the audience and i go she's a light and (laughs) thank you for laughing there was a huge groan across the whole no like oh and i was like that was good
1: it was good and i'm (laughs) really into that i like i like uh would you say it's kind of a dad joke?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'm into it. I'm into dad jokes, and we need to people need to lighten up.
0: Lighten up, light. Yes, you hear that? You that hear was that? so good. Thank you. Thank wow. you for yes ending that. That was so good. Of course.
1: I appreciate Always. It. Well, it's an improv. It was. A, it's an improv show. Improv podcast over here. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so I want to like. I want to rewind back because you said that you there was a long journey to acceptance and that's how you talk about it in the book. And so I know you've kind of touched on it throughout our conversation, but is there more that you want to share or add to that particular piece of, of, of your journey?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, well, as far as like more of, I guess, do you mind going a little bit more into detail?
0: <laughs> yeah. Just, um, if there are other, cause you, you know, you've talked about being a late bloomer and, um, Actually, I'm going to put a pin in that for a second. I want to go back to something that you said that I didn't, that I didn't comment on that I wanted to of like how important it is for the openness of, mm-hmm. of, of changing and that not everything is set in stone and that as, you, as people move through the world and as we learn more about ourselves and each other and how we want to interact with the systems that be, like it's, it's so crucial to be open to changing. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just going to get stuck and and stay miserable. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you said it great. Um, you know, I just feel like it, it's only helpful if you just have sort of openness, because, you know, I think a lot of times people are like, you know, for whatever reason, whatever it is, like, well, this is the hill I'm going to die on. And it's like, but why? Why? Yeah. Right. It just kind of goes back to like, I mean, this is an old military thing, but my dad always just said, let bygones be bygones. And like, you know, I'm like, just doesn't matter, you know, like let people just be how they are. And also like, you don't know how you're going to be in 10 years. You know, you could find out and wake up and be like, oh my God, I've just, because of whatever reason I've been suppressing all of these things inside of me Mm -hmm. and I am, you know, this way now. And, or didn't realize I've been this way this whole time, you know, or whatever it is. Right. And I just think that that's just like so crucial and especially, and I guess this kind of goes back to the book, but like, you know, the, the latter part of the, of the title is, and all the other, and other identities I've had, it's because I had so many different identities, you know, it's, it is a coming out book. It's a, it, it is, it is my coming out story, but it's more than that. Cause I like to say it's a coming back to story. Um, mm, and I think because yeah. there's so many layers, there's like all of like my OCD, is a huge thing you know I went through like well I'm I'm very light when I say this but I say I went through a god phase but I didn't really go through a god phase I just pretended to find god so I could like uh so I could be because I went to this baptist camp and I was like wanting to be the cool kid so I like pretended I found god <laughs> uh, so the I could things we do to a, fit in so I, I could have attention and then hopefully get dunked in water you know what I mean like just yeah. things like that normal things and so um you know but like but all to say is just like I know I'm kind of talking about a million things and I and I feel like you're like you're like oh my god this person is just going like no but you a, we, you weave it
0: back to your what your point is so continue please
1: well all just to say is like yes I just think we need to just let people be free let people be them um specifically from me I because I went through a bunch of identities because I really hit rock bottom um I mean I hit rock bottom multiple times and I talk about it in the book because I just didn't know what was going on um with my anxiety I didn't know what was going on with my sexuality I had never had again my feet on the ground for longer than two years at any given point because of the military uh and I uh you know, I've been, I've, you know, I've been there. I, I mean, I literally like when I was the year before the year before I met Gabe, I um, was when I was at Alabama, there was a tornado that ripped the university to shreds. This was in tw- uh, April, t- 2011. And um, like 15 students died. Mm. Like 65 or like 100 people and i mean i'm these are statistics that i I don't want to like this was a very sensitive situation but i just a lot of people passed away um billions of dollars you know of Mm -hmm. of infrastructure um and uh sorry i'd be remiss if i say brian denny stadium was fine <laughs> i'd Come be on. remiss to say it. Come i'm on. sorry i couldn't i was trying to move on i was really trying to move I on saw
0: i saw was... the struggle in your face
1: and I, and I and i felt like i was like someone's <laughs> thinking well what happened to the stadium there's gotta be one person out there I'm it sure. was fine <laughs> didn't touch it no one could touch it um <laughs> just like you
0: football team <laughs> just like uh, hey, thank you yeah, all right all we had right.
1: just won the national championship um <laughs> <laughs> no that was a year before but um anyway all to say is like unfortunately that was the first time that I really recognized that death is gonna happen mm, uh and yeah. I was like in my own world in my own bubble like you know texting while I was rock- walking in front of traffic and not thinking I could ever die and because my ego was so th- was just so big I was like, oh my God, I can die? And I like had a breakdown. And also Mm. because me trying to find, you know, like like I said before, I was trying to find that guy that I wanted to marry to fit in. I was like racing against the clock because I was like, if I don't get engaged by the time I'm 22, my life is over as I know it. And, um, And yeah, and then I went to like an outpatient facility, when I was like in therapy for eight hours a day for two weeks. I mean, I couldn't even drive. I literally had to have a van come pick me up to go to this outpatient facility because I was so scared that if I drove, I'd be hit and I'd be in a car crash and that would be the end. And it changed everything. So it wasn't just like the sexuality thing that like, oh my God, like, you know, that stomach drop moment. Like this was the time where like my head just like exploded. And I was like, you know, do I have agoraphobia? Because I couldn't leave the house. I was like, do my, am I? you know, everything, I was just so scared that death was imminent. And, you know, and then they realized they were like, Oh, well, you have anxiety, you probably have you have PTSD from this tornado, you've always had anxiety. And I was like, Oh, my God, that's right. When I was five years old. I might say six, I'm like, try not to quote myself, because I don't remember what age I say in the book, because like, you know, it's all it's so hard to kind of keep track of. But like, um, when I was really small, I remember coming down the stairs for the first time, uh, not for the first time, Jesus. When I when I came down the stairs one day, i only it was the first time I walked. five so I told you was a late. You're a late bloomer. bloomer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we get it. She gets a pass. Like, what is going on? Please, who did you get on your podcast? But I was <laughs> walking down the stairs, and I heard like a ringing in my ears, and I felt like I was underwater. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like that moment when you see any sort of war movie, where like you know, there's a bomb that goes off, and there's that sort of ringing. Um, and my i walked in the kitchen and my mom was talking to me and i couldn't really hear her mm. and i looked back so you know i'm like again now i'm in this outpatient facility i'm like oh my god i had a panic attack mm. i had a fucking panic attack and i couldn't i didn't know how to articulate that um and so anyway i mean i'm just saying like there's just like <laughs> i know like obviously we're talking about you know, my life specifically, but there's just, like, so many layers, and, like, it just took me so long to get my shit together, and so many different avenues, which is why I like to say, you know, the book is just so much more than just coming out, it's really just me coming into my own, Um, but, uh, but, yeah, for the people out there that are just, like, you know, that care, I'm, like, why do you care, and you should unpack that, because we just, you know, I don't think anyone's been at (laughs) I hope no one's been through a situation like me because you're all, you I you know if you do decide to read it I think you're going to shake your head sometimes and be like Sophie please get your shit together for the love of god please please but you know I I that's why I'm a little bit more I'm I'm softer to people who who take forever because I'm like yeah I know I know uh and if you ever want to talk about it I'm here because you know I get it I I know when it takes forever so
0: yeah and especially <clears throat> In a in a world in a society where it's heteronormative cisnormative and so it's really challenging. <coughs> excuse me. To um, it can be very challenging for people to see themselves represented or see themselves in an authentic way. And then we also forget that LGBTQ people, or we don't forget. You and I don't forget. No. So like, we're much more. Well, than- Well,
1: I just I just said no, and I have no idea what you're going <laughs> to say. I said I. No. I think we'll be on the same page here. Okay,
0: (laughs) Um, there's so much more to us than our queer identity, right? Like you also had this moment of panic attack. You had PTSD from something that had nothing to do with your queer identity. And, you know, like we are all, we all contain multitudes. And so that also layers on and impacts how that, how it, how we are able to come into ourselves. And so I think it also comes back to having patience and kindness towards ourselves. Um, I was just having, literally just yesterday, I was having a conversation, a TIFCO interview um, with Tani Lara, who like, we were talking all about sobriety. And um, I, I too, like moved through the world with this I was I called it yesterday I called it passive suicide ideation and I don't know if that's actually the, the accurate way to describe it more so like passive um I don't know I don't know what I should call it but it was like it wasn't arrogance but it was or ego centric. Mm. Like you were saying, you didn't say arrogant. I didn't mean to call you arrogant, but just no. I was, (laughs) I was a shit. I was a brat. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) um, For me, it was more so like, I was so just so miserable in life that I didn't care whether or not I died. It wasn't that I didn't know that it Mm. existed. I just didn't care. So I didn't try. I didn't, I also like did the dumbest shit and I just didn't give a fuck like what happened. And Mm. so I really relate to, I mean, they're, they're separate. And then I had, I had a moment, it wasn't a tornado. It was a a family member close to me, um, almost passed away. And it was in that moment of, I was like, oh, like people die. Everybody dies and I'm, and I'm a person that will die. And it was like, definitely have PTSD from that. And like, and I joked about it yesterday, but it's it's not funny, but it was like, where, like, what, what's my doom? Like, what's the thing? What's the thing that's going to kill me? And like, I'm scared of everything now. Are, are you, did you? <laughs> I'm,
1: like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like so I, nervous.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like, sorry, sorry. But like,
1: no, no, we can talk about it. No, let's talk about it. Let's unpack it.
0: Like Tignataro's mom died mm-hmm. because she tripped and hit her head. Like a a fucking fluke accident, and like she was fine. Everyone thought she was fine when she was like got back in her recliner, and then died. I mean, and like, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you go. <laughs> you have <laughs> um, more to say. I feel
0: it just was. I the, the last thing I'll say about that is just like free. I I understand that freak accidents happen. Like that's just how it is, but like. I'm just so scared. I'm scared of everything. Like, and I try really hard not to be. And I think for a really long time, I was like holding back on a lot of things because of that fear. And then I read something that Brene Brown wrote of like, um, foreboding joy. And like, when you Mm -hmm. hold back on, because you're scared or you're ashamed,
1: you would bring them up. (laughs) I know. I know.
0: (laughs) totally
1: yes okay let's go back to this (laughs)
0: um yeah but like you know so but then you don't get to experience the joy because you're just you're like hunkered down and you're not experiencing anything you can't pick and choose and so I've really had to push myself and challenge myself to enjoy things again because and I'm
1: still scared of everything no, I mean, listen, this is literally me. We are the same. Um, yeah. the, we could, honestly, this is the fourth podcast. Yeah. So I don't have to keep track. This is the third podcast that we're going to do. I think it's the third. For death Paul, is in, imminent. Catherine
0: <laughs> Han, yeah, and death is being it's imminent.
1: Just, um, but that shit fucks me up. Like, the, the stuff yeah. about Tignatara's mom fucks me up. I yeah. mean, I got to a point where I was so nervous that my mom was going to die during this during this time that I would, you know, any like anytime like my stepdad at the time would call me, I thought that my mom, it was him calling me because my mom had passed away. And when I realized that I was in love with my girlfriend, um, it's because anytime I realized I was in love with my girlfriend, because anytime that she would leave the house, I thought that she was going to die. I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, yeah, she's going to go on the train and then someone's going to blow it up, you know, because that's happened in New York. How many times? Yeah, it doesn't. It It doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't happen. Um, well now it I, is because
0: you said it doesn't
1: okay knock on wood oh uh, god oh my god two gonna, OCD
0: like, people who are just like <laughs>
1: well no I do think sets of threes and so now I'm gonna have to like you're gonna have to have like OCD thoughts about it which we can't I don't think we have time to unpack this for the audience but, but just look up OCD thoughts podcast <laughs> that's our fourth well no we can only do three because for me okay that luck happens once we get to the fourth for whatever reason um well, but we'll tie I in. anyways <laughs> <laughs> we'll tie it in but yeah no I um I used to think, and so I started getting like really crazy and I would text her and be like, you know, she, we had spent, we, we started dating and we went on our second date after our second date, there had been like a couple of weeks between the first and the second date, but after our second date, we literally didn't spend a day apart for three months. Mm. I mean, I'm talking like gay as hell, like every single day, didn't matter what was going on. We spent the night. And it was Christmas, and she was going home, and she, I was like, "All right, well, text me when you get there. Text me when you get to Jersey." She was just going to Montclair, which mm-hmm. for people like Montclair, I knew nothing about Montclair, I knew nothing about Jersey because I'm technically Southern and Midwestern um, at the same time. But she, it's 45 minutes, so close. I was, like, I was like, "When you get there, just text me." She's like, "Oh yeah, of course." Doesn't text me. I don't hear her for like four hours, and I'm like blowing up her phone, like freaking out that she's died. Mm. And I didn't, I couldn't recognize it that that's is like, oh my God. Okay. Well, some, you know, probably my OCD uh, is kicking in. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. And I called my mom and I was like, yeah, I'm just panicking. And I was like freaking out that like, she had died. And my mom was like, honey, I think you're in love. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? And she was like, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think you're in love and she's fine. Let, let that girl do her thing, and I was like, "Oh, okay," but um, but yeah. I mean, every, I mean, listen, it's a journey. I d- I think I'm dying at every moment. I have like, like I just told you at the beginning of the podcast. I I, I I'm seeing a, re- a rheumatologist because I've been having chest pain, and like everyone, I've had X-rays, and they're like everything's fine. I'm like, but I keep having chest pain, and they're like, well, it's probably just musculoskeletal. And so I'm like, all right, well, so now I've scheduled. <laughs> you know, I've had a meeting with a with a musculoskeletal doctor. Um, I think, uh, the big thing that I was freaking out about personally, like I said, I thought that Amy, my girlfriend would be blown up on a train, but I was really terrified to go on the subway like a year and a, well, I guess now what we've been the pandemic almost a year. So like two years ago, because I really thought like something's going to happen. Like the driver's going to drive the train like really fast and then it's going to go off the rails or whatever, or someone's going to come onto the train and, you know, there's going to be, like, a terrorist attack or something, um, and I was, like, it was just nonstop, yeah. and I had to talk to my therapist, and I was, like, I'm so scared, and she was, like, okay, well, you know, and her name's Ellen, of course, um, and she was, like, <laughs> what, um, well, tell me what happens, what would happen if someone came on the train, and I was, like, well, you know, they, it's normally, like, because I think it's, oh, it's a white guy in a, with a backpack, and You know, she was like, okay, well, there's a lot of of white guys with, with, with backpacks, but okay, let's go. And I was like, okay. And then he would come on and I guess he would, well, you know, uh, and I started to kind of stutter of like how I would describe it. And she was like, I understand that you feel this way and you're not crazy for feeling this way, but I just, you know, like, regardless of even if you're, you know, she's like, what you're describing sounds like a movie. Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, Maybe. She was like, it sounds like a script. And I was like, well, I just feel like it's gonna happen. And she like, was I like, I have a BFA. So Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have a BFA, so honestly, like, is this good? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what so do like, we think? Could this
0: be a movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: would you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's, can we unpack this for the next 30 minutes? Because I'm paying you so much money. You basically are like an act, like a fucking writing coach. Um and she was like, you know, what would you do in that moment? And I was just like, ah run she's like well whatever you would do you know if it did happen I think you would figure out the best way to react but like you know I I don't know I guess all all I'm saying is like this is she's done multiple things to help me through it but that was the first time that I was just like oh my god like having to actually describe what I thought was going to happen she's you know it's not crazy but then you start to put it into context and you're like okay take a step back realistically is this going to happen and also if it does happen I have no control over that now me not trying to freak out about the control I'm still working through that like I still you know I haven't been on the subway since the pandemic and that's only because of the pandemic but when I do have to go back on the subway I don't know how I'm gonna react and I used to feel that way when I like I don't know even like I'm I'm a lot better I actually recently got back on medication and it's totally helped um and I was very much against it I used to be on Lexapro when I had like that when I first you know Had my big moment um, and was at that outpatient facility. But now, um, and then I got off of medication, and then now I've been on it again. um, And I will say it's been a life savior. And the OCD thoughts are there, but they're not as frequent. Um, And I'm able to, like, you know, it got so bad that when I would walk around the apartment, I thought that they were just going to blow up, like, someone was going to blow up Cobble Hill, (laughs) which, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, no, you know it's just it's just crazy. Like it's just it's. I try. Well, I try to not say crazy so much because that's just like. I mean, I think we need to start. We need to normalize it. Yeah, we no. should we should probably normalize that. But like, but you know, it is it is a real thought, but also like, you know, the odds of it happening. But it's just so hard as an OCD person because then I have. But then that makes me spiral, and then I start doing all the things that I would do, to make sure that I don't jinx myself. And I think this is kind of like, if you don't have OCD, it's probably hard to understand, but I hope yeah. I've articulated it in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure you understand what that feels like, but, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, all to say is I know that feeling it's terrifying. And, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I think about it every day. <laughs> I think about it every moment of every day.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> it's so many things that you said are so resonant. Uh, like for example, I have, Um, I made an, uh, an urgent appointment with the OBGYN on Thursday. Um, even though going there is so dysphoric for me for so many reasons, Mm -hmm. but I like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I have cervical cancer, God forbid. And I like Googled in the middle of the night for like an hour, do I have this? And so I have an appointment to go. Like, that's how like recent and like current this is for me. And I have, you know, and like, I also like what you said about when like your stepdad calling. I think that's what you said, right? Stepdad about your mom. Yeah, yeah, Um, Mm yeah. Anytime my dad calls, I think my mom has died. And anytime my mom calls, I think my dad has died. And I like, every time my phone rings, I'm like, this is it. This is it. And I even, I made my mom share her location with me on her phone. So I know where she is at every moment. And I'm like, it's so not healthy. I don't, I I don't check it. I do. AIS. Yes, I do. No, you check but, it. Like, no, you I check absolutely it. check it. Um, I don't know why I just said I don't check it. I absolutely <laughs> check it.
1: <laughs> no, we like to think we don't check it. But no, I have my, my girlfriend. I have her. I do have her location. And it sounds I sound like a crazy. I just sound like this kind of sounds like crazy, like boyfriend. Right. It's like I have to know where my girlfriend is at every moment of every day. But like, it's really because I'm just ter- I just I'm I was so scared she was going to die. And even now, like I don't check it as frequently. And I'm and I'm proud of myself the days that i don't check it as much and i god i bless her i love her that she she is such a good i mean truly a good sport about the ocd but i know that i mean if i i should put my mom on location because sometimes i don't know where she's going and i'm like yeah. what are you doing she lives in she lives in louisiana so i can't quite not that i would know where she was yeah. you know but i'd be like you know well, what is the piggly wiggly you know it's the <laughs> grocery store and i'm like what <laughs> You know, <Yeah. laughs> uh, some inside baseball for uh southerners um but um you said something though you said something about besides tracking your mom you're talking about your parents because i totally relate to that gosh you said something else Uh, and i was like like, oh my god they
0: call this is it
1: you know you said Um, something else i've been i feel like we have been keeping track of each other so well and then yeah and then dang um oh that i
0: woke up in the middle of the night Googling?
1: Yes. Symptoms. Yes. Okay. So I, um, <laughs> Oh, I'm really letting, I'm really telling everything here, but I, uh, <laughs> going number two is, is inconsistent and mm. my GP is a gut doctor and it's been so inconsistent for a while. And like, realistically, I know it's because of stress and because of my anxiety, but I started recently thinking that I had colon cancer
0: mm.
1: and it sounds like so stupid because people like really do have colon cancer, right? Yeah. And you're like, and you know, obviously we lost a great actor because of it. And I think that's also what kind of spiraled. I think whenever like someone dies, like a celebrity dies, I think, oh my God, I, I have what they had. And I know that sounds so awful and to say, but it's like, that's just what my brain does. And I'm like, I didn't even know this thing existed. Oh my God. You know, and I, of course, you know, my, uh, yeah, number two has been inconsistent. That's all the best way I put it. So I like now have an appointment. I have an appointment with my doctor in two weeks because I'm like, it has to be more than just stress or it has to be more than just my diet. It has to be more like, you know, knock on wood, you know, which is now making me spiral Um, in this moment. um, Mm. (laughs) Trying to break ground, ground ourselves. (laughs) I know, (laughs) but I I totally get that. And Oh my God, the fact that you're saying this is just makes, I'm so sorry that you deal with this because I deal with this, I know what it feels like, but my God, do I feel seen talking to you right now because sometimes I feel like the only person that is like feels like I'm at losing control of and i in the, of my like of being a hypochondriac.
0: yeah,
1: you know um so yeah. I feel for you I feel I'm for like, you, <laughs> and I also
0: feel very affirmed and seen I have. <laughs> this is the last thing we'll say of this. And then I have to move us into our last segment, but oh, of course. Um, I also have my, ar- my arm was really itchy and I was like, I have skin cancer. So I made a, an appointment that day with a dermatologist. They're like, it's dry skin. But like the yeah. one time I know it, I know it the one. And then I also have an MRI coming up on my, for my head and my ear. I have an MRI for a, my thyroid. Cause that was, I had a different ear scan because of my ear was hurting. <laughs> And I had a
1: CAT scan for my chest pain last year uh, and I also have a freckle on my toe and I thought it, was, and I set up an appointment with a dermatologist oh my god
0: am yes. I allowed to say I love you because like <laughs> yes,
1: you <can.
0: laughs> this like feels so affirming because I do feel like because it's like the one time I don't get it checked out that's gonna be my doom
1: exactly so I have
0: to get it checked out why not
1: exactly because like you never know and it could this could be the time and like it's 99% chance that it won't be but there's a 1% chance that it could be and it's like everyone's and that's what I'm nervous about the medication because I am being a little bit more lax about certain things and I'm like Mm. the one time I don't do my OCD thoughts is the one time something's gonna come get me you know and (sighs) you know my therapist and my psychiatrist are now like we need you know we're working we're gonna work through this it's not you know today you know it's a good thing and I think this can maybe help you is and I don't use it a lot but I try it's <laughs> like especially when it comes to OCD thoughts which I feel like these are OCD thoughts yeah. in, in ways it's like today or in this moment I could choose to act on them or I could choose not to and it's just this one it's just whatever it is whether it's an OCD thought whether it's you know I know this is probably what people recognize more but like tapping or checking the stove three times it's like I could check the stove for the third time or maybe this moment, I'm just going to leave the house and have only checked it twice. And it's not to say I'm not going to do it later when it happens again. But in this moment, I choose, I'm going to choose not to. And that's actually helped me because it makes it, it gives it, it gives me like that moment of like, this is just the, um this one particular instance versus like thinking about the full picture. Cause that's when I want to explode, but it's like, uh-huh. okay, I'll just go get my coffee. I just, I did it twice and the world's not going to come crashing down because I didn't do it for a third time uh, for now. You know, and then when it does come crashing down, I'm be like, "Ha ha! I told you so!" Yeah, totally. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I want, I want my money back, Alan. I want my money back, Doctor. I'm like, I'm putting everyone on blast. Who I won't say everyone's name, but
0: <laughs> yeah, so. I think I'm gonna try that. I definitely have had like needing needing some kind of grounding of like, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? What would happen if I didn't lock the door? And like, like really like it's so much better than it was in high school but I would like leave class and go home to check the door like leave school leave the premises to like check the front door or check the doors of my car and it's just like it like really gets in the way of life which is like why we have therapy and medicine I I was on um what was I on Effexor Mm. that was helping Mm -hmm. with my anxiety and OCD
1: yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like once it starts impeding your everyday life, like, um, and 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 that's when I realized I needed help this summer, and that's when I realized it was getting really bad because, you know, my girlfriend are trying to have as is, as is best of a summer as we can given the pandemic, you know. But we would fortunately we have her car because she grew up, she still has her car from high school, believe it or not, which is a Toyota Rav 4 2002. So wow, cool, also, cool. It's like. What they say a doom buggy? I think people will say that. Is, um, that. is that a thing? Is that a thing? I don't know. That's what she says, and I'm like, I just think it's just gay. let just like <laughs> it's just, like just good... pretty gay. <laughs> it's just like pretty gay. That's all it is. Um. So that's the only reason why we have a car. I do. I like. I do need to preface that, but we, but we would like drive. We'd like try to drive to the beach or something. But like, uh, the new thing, the new thing for me was, um, that I felt like I would, I would pee myself in public, hmm. and at any moment's notice, even though I'd never done that in my entire life, I didn't even like wet the bed. Like this is not some sort of trauma that's coming back. This is just a new, it, it manifested in a way it, it, it was like a an, an Eba or whatever. And it changed from one thing. And now this is the new thing. And this is the current thing that I'm struggling with, but it's so much better now because of the medication, but we'd have to stop like five times. And eventually Amy again was like, you know, babe, I, I just really think you need to think about getting on medication again, because you know she didn't know me when i was on medication before but she was like this is come on like we can't even i'm not mad at you i'm not mad that it takes a, I, i'll stop as many times as you want but aren't you tired aren't you tired and i was like i'm so fucking tired hmm. and that's when i realized that oh okay let's get let's let's get some help and yeah and so it's still a journey like you know i don't know uh it's it's so far i'm like i'm really happy again and i made a joke i was like oh my god i'm so happy i'm going to get off my medication again and amy was like (laughs) 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 no (laughs) she's like having a panic attack but um but anyway yeah all i'm saying is you know it's still happening and it's going to probably keep happening for the rest of my life but as long as it's like smaller and manageable and not impeding our everyday life and we're able to get to what we need we need to get everything done we need to in the day um and I think, I think that's the goal, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what a what a supportive partner you have. That's such a what a lovely and caring way to approach that with
1: you. I mean, i I will say it. I was like, I'm not going to say it. It's in the book, so everyone's. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but I will say yeah. it's. A, I, I will say that she it's in the in the at the end of the book, she does something so intense in a way that I feel like people are going to be cringing, but that supports my OCD that I say I should have proposed to her on the spot. And so I'll let, I'll let readers figure out what that is, but it is, it is heroic and, uh, and hilarious. Um, but she's, she's the best. And yeah, we've been together for three years and uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I love her. Talk, I could talk to her talk about it for forever. She's the best.
0: That'll be uh, another topic <laughs> woven into our, our three podcasts.
1: Our three podcasts, but it's the fifth, the fifth topic.
0: Yes, exactly, although
1: if we get to a sixth t- podcast, now we're cooking now we can do six
0: <laughs> i you know what I have faith that we can get to a sixth at some point,
1: okay, cool, maybe by the end of this i know we're i know we've I've gone on for a while, but
0: um no, this is great um, I mean it'll be once I write my book, our sixth podcast will be books,
1: yeah, okay, there it is
0: there it is um, Boom. okay, so we have a lightning round, um, and previous oh seasons. Okay. It used to be very binary, like either or questions. I was gently called in every time. Hey, how about we not have something so binary? So I've switched up the questions, um, All right. but still try to answer them as lightning fast as possible. Um, name your
1: crayon. My crayon? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I think it would just honestly, I, I think it would just be red. Okay. Red. Great. We'll just say red. Great. Uh, favorite time of day? Oh my God. Like day, it's like night, but it's like, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm like on it at two o'clock in the morning. If I could work all night, baby, but two o'clock in the morning, I mean, I'm like, I'm hitting my stride.
0: Sweet. Good for you. Um, favorite current queer media representation?
1: Oh, um, I love, I- okay it's I feel like this season so far it hasn't been super queer but first season was super queer and that is Dickinson have you heard of Dickinson on on no. Apple TV no okay quickly Haley Steinfeld plays Emily Dickinson okay. and it's uh it's really good it's basically like about Emily Dickinson and it's a period drama because of course you know lesbians always have to be queer people always have to be in period dramas yep. um but um it's with like millennial jargon. So like all the, all the, it's all like in millennial conversations, but it's set in, you know, whenever she was alive in the 1800s, 1900s, Um, I'm botching that. Um, But yeah. And then she has like a relationship with like her best friend and there's some things that go down, but it's very good. You should, you should check it out. It's actually, it's very fun. It's like a guilty pleasure. Apple TV. Great.
0: I will check it out. Um, A song that makes your heart sore.
1: Oh, uh, I would say not the end of the world by Katy Perry.
0: Great. Favorite way to travel. And we know it's not the subway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think right now car. Great. Oh no. Right now. Sorry. Amtrak train. Mm. Awesome. Great. Can't, can't. Yeah. I'd be a spokesperson for them. <laughs> um, favorite quote. Oh my god, I'm so bad at. Oh my god, I'm so bad at quotes. You can pass.
0: This I'm not a, gonna pass. No stress game.
1: Okay. No, I do feel stressed because I'm like, you know, my ego is like it has to be the best quote. Um, uh, no, actually, <laughs> I don't really have. I'm not. I honestly, I'm not great at quotes, but I will say what I stood by before, which I can quote Ellen, which was like, you know, for t- I'm gonna botch it now, but for today, I whatever whatever I said earlier, like it was today, brilliant earlier. It was brilliant. So let's just go back. So if you just rewind, whatever my therapist Ellen said.
0: Great. And then I had to keep one binary, which is bagels or donuts.
1: Oh, donuts. I hate bagels.
0: Okay. So cancel all of our podcasts. (laughs) Fuck Roll Tide. No, I'm kidding.
1: Your face was like, I Uh, literally thought I knew this person. And now I think... (laughs) I don't know them at all. And I think something's wrong.
0: Yeah. I, uh, well, I first of all, sorry that my face was so communicative, <laughs> but um, that's how I truly felt. Um, yeah. Okay, Cause bagels, well, bagels, but it's listen, okay.
1: I understand. I've, I'm the we, worst for that.
0: We can't agree on everything. We can't, but what I do appreciate is everything that we talked about up until this last moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Almost went off without a hitch and then I just completely fucked it up, but, um, yeah. but good. Yeah, no, I, listen, we have to have one thing that we can't agree on and that is, that's okay. And we can debate that on our, on our sixth podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy that we, God, we share so many similar backgrounds and, and, uh, I want to, I, I guess like I would say lightly neuroses, like, you know, yeah, but they're, it's but it's true. And we, um, we have a lot in common, which is, I had no idea. So I'm happy we had this conversation.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, thank you so much for being here and for sharing and for affirming me in so many ways. Uh, this was just so lovely.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me and uh, all real time.
0: (laughs) Oh God, go bucks. And thank you for coming out. (laughs) Thank you for coming out. Hey, everyone. It's your host, Dubs Weinblatt. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps. And we want to hear from you. We want to know your coming out story. Head on over to Thank You For Coming Out's Instagram page, at thank you for coming out and click the link in our bio. There's a form there where you can submit your coming out story either anonymously or with your name. And you can have the chance to hear your story read out on the thank you for coming out podcast. We're so happy that you're part of our community and we want you to know that your story matters. Thank you for coming out.